We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Aitlin is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, goes for the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house! This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater, throw into the end zone, touchdown! Samuel still on his feet, inside the five, to the end zone, touchdown! What a play! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. All right, another edition of the Roar podcast back here on the Blue Wire Network. It's your host, John Ellis here. My friend Billy Marshall has the day off. So we're joined by a special guest, a good friend of mine. Good friend of you guys out there in Panther land, former Eagles and Panthers tied in, Luther Broughton. How you doing, Luther? Good, man. How are you? Life is good, man. I tried to keep... Keep things on the rails with COVID and three kids in school. I know you've got kids too, man, and you just got – everything is just such upside down right now. How you been, man? I've been good. Uh, it's been weird, uh, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. You know, kid uh, out, kind of out of school for the last half of last year. Uh, not out of school, but 
school at home, virtual school. So I'm lucky that me and my wife both work from home and we get to split the days. But it's yeah. still odd, man. Uh, like, I'm not... There are some days where I've got Cam and I'm the quote-unquote teacher and I give him <laughs> his assignment and I, you know, I'm, I'm doing some work. I'm finishing alone. I'm on a call. And I go, yeah. holy cow, that's been... That's been 25 minutes. And Cam is done with that portion in, in 10 minutes. And <laughs> I hear I hear a game playing in the background. And it's like, oh, let me go back to teaching. <laughs> but it's, it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it is. It, it, it's the same thing the way my kids are doing it here. We'll, we'll dive into football folks here in a minute here. But we'll, it's, it's a hybrid model down here in South Carolina. So they got the kids in school a couple days a week. And. Then we got to do the uh, online thing the other days of the week. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot to tackle. But uh, well, speaking of tackling, me, go ahead, it man. It sucks. I'm a, I, I, let me cut you off right quick. For us, yes. there's a hybrid for the older kids, but for the younger kids, you either choose fully in school or fully virtual. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I'm not. I'm keeping Cam home because I don't. I don't know. There's not enough information. So right. we're fully virtual and. If you go fully virtual, you have to uh, know that you're tied in for 12 straight months. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's rough. Yeah, let's go tackle something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just school shit. Jesus. Right. It's depressing, man. Well, I hope everybody's safe out there, by the way. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. But uh, let's turn our attention to football here, Luther. Oh, man. It's, it's been a while since we talked. You and I talked last December when uh, Ron Rivera got shit-canned. And that was a rough day, man, because, uh, you know, you played uh, football for, you know, several staffs. You've seen this thing go down. You know Ron a little bit. Uh, but the Matt Rule era is underway. And you've seen probably a little bit of what's going on at camp online here, although the media coverage – it's been a little restrictive. The team's doing a really good job here, by the way, with the live coverage. If you get a chance to check out their feed, folks, it's been really great. Mm -hmm. But what are your impressions early on with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, Phil Snow? Just give me your overall sense of how this program's coming along here. Well, let, let me be uh, up front and say I haven't seen a lot of, of, of uh, video, a lot of, yeah. uh, just like you said, the media coverage has been limited. Of course, I can't get down there, so which is a good thing. Uh, because if I could, I would probably try to <laughs> when I should be home. <laughs> but what, I, what I'm gathering is it's a new and peppy environment. He's really structured and, and fun. And um, they're going to rebuild. But it seems everybody's, you know, as it should be early on, everybody's completely on board. You know, sometimes when it's a new coach and you've been there with someone else, there's some people there that are, meh, you know, they don't oh, yeah. want to be bothered. But yeah. it's uh, this seems to be uh, a di different, you know, everybody one seems to be on board, which is a good thing. So I, I, I like what I'm I like what I'm hearing, you know. Yeah. So far, the, the positive vibes are there. You know, we, we talked about what happened in the off season and, and you and I have not necessarily spoken on a formal level here since Cam Newton's release. And we can dive into that a little bit later, but what I've told folks is, you know, once you get to see the product a little more, some of the fans out there, that are a little antsy about how oh, Newton got released and Marty Herney's still there. And there's a lot of people who don't like Matt rule because they think he's disingenuous. I just caution people to give it a little time because once you start to see the product, uh, if the wins do come, 
folks will always come back around. Everyone like, you know how it goes. will come back. Yeah. If the you know wings start coming, then that, you know, everyone comes around. That's that's how it goes. And I, and I get it. You, you should be a little wary of things at the beginning. Uh, uh, you, you should be. Like, you know, that's just, it's just what it is. It's a new coach. People are, were alarmed by how it went down with Cam and, which is fair, uh, but um, when you got to move on, you have to move on. I, I hate how the Panthers choose to move on, though. Gosh, oh yeah, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Let, let's let's talk about that for a minute because we we can dive into some of the schematic stuff and what's going on and some of your history with you know if you played for first year coach with Andy Reid. I want to get your take on that. But th- this whole situation with Carolina, it doesn't matter who the regime is whether it's Jerry Richardson, Dave Tepper, Dave Gettleman, Marty Herney, this seems to be a trend here. And you can't pinpoint it on one guy, but how frustrating is that, Luther, from a player's perspective when you see how some of these guys have been treated out the door? It's, it's really frustrating. And it's like, why? Like, why Why do we have to, like, kind of ostracize a guy on the way out? It's, it's, it's unnecessary. Right. It's it's really unnecessary. Like for Cam Newton, he's been here for ten years. He's given it all, right? The people in the community love him. I know his reputation outside of Carolina might be a little fuzzy, but people just don't know. Like this guy is a great community guy, and, and everyone wants to harken back to college when he. Oh. Got when you know when 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 the thing happened at Florida when he was I don't know seventeen eighteen and he did some stupid it was stuff right almost over over ten years ago now I mean that's forever ago that's forever ago and, and fine if you don't want to get forget it fine that that's you fine you don't want to forget it you think he's a whatever then fine good good for you for being stubborn and <laughs> so you know whatever. <laughs> But the way we do things, man, it like Steve Smith's exit. It's like, oh yeah, same why deal. Was that, why was that ugly? It didn't have to be ugly. It didn't, and that's Dave Gettleman again at the combine, just you know, basically pulling his dick out and just marking his territory. And and well, it, it's, I think it's the way they're they, they've done it in the past, and and still continue to do it that that pisses fans off. And well, uh, you know, as a player, I, I, as a player, it must turn some players off saying, you know, I don't want to be around that shit. It would. And, and let me tell you, if from the way it happened previously, Cam Newton's exit, I don't care what, where, how, and why, I would have made sure and not done it unceremoniously. Right. I, I, just be up front. They, knew, they probably knew. You know, they knew they probably knew all along that they weren't going to stay with Cam. But part of the reasons they couldn't do anything is because Cam was injured. They couldn't trade him before the draft. They had no leverage. Yeah. And they should have just been like, hey, look, we're probably we're not we're going to we're going to move forward, which would have been just fine. And the way it was put out like, oh, Cam, we gave him he wanted to seek a trade. Come on, right, don't put right. it out like that. There's no, no reason <laughs> he wanted to seek a trade because he got the message he was getting from you was, yeah, I'm not really 100% on you. Fine, just yeah. just tell him that and then put it out there saying, hey, we're going to move on. Not Cam wants to leave. 
That's kind right. of how they right. put it out, and it that sucks, man. I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not jumping off the team because of that. You know, some goes, oh, I'll never be a fan again. Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> I'm not jumping off because of that. I just hate how how it's done at times. Oh, it's well, it's, it's rotten. How I mean, it's yeah, and you know, the communication is everything in this business, and you've talked about in the past. How you face a similar situation. I mean, you know, again, every situation is different. But when you were traded back to Philadelphia, and you know, there were or traded back to Carolina, I should say, um, and you, the communication, or I, I can't remember what it was. You can't help me understand. You talked to Mark Conte, I think it was, and you were in the golf. Tournament, no, right? no, no, no. Give me that story tra- again. Traded. Yes. Yeah. So I was, I was here, and uh, I got traded back to Philly. It was literally a week before the season start. Right. And and we were, um, you know, we were cutting. We had to get down to 55, what is it, 55, 53. And uh, we had four tight ends. And I'm thinking, we're not keeping four tight ends. Wesley's here. Brian Kinch was the long snapper. So it was between me and Mangum. And I knew that George really liked Chris. Yeah. And, and – uh, I didn't have the best preseason, so I knew I could be on my way out, but nothing happened. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. So um, I was probably going to get cut, uh, but they found a trade partner for me, right? right. So right. I remember coming out to practice, and I guess they were working on it, and they didn't put me in any – I wasn't on special teams. I wasn't getting any reps, and I kind of knew. And they didn't – they weren't crappy about it they just coach kind of held me out and, and i think and my position coach knew i could tell uh and, and he just told me i'll be all right i remember him telling me i'll be all right and, but they yeah. can't say anything you know what i'm saying no, and, uh, then, then, and it was storming that day so much rain <laughs> which was good because no one could see the tears because <laughs> i was because you know you're because I thought I was getting cut right there yeah, in front yeah. of everybody. So right. Mark Counts rolls out in the golf cart. And he said, hey, Luther, come, you know, let me talk to you. You know, he wasn't demonstrative. He came out and he walked up to me while I was standing. He said, hey, let's, you know, come roll with me. We're going to go in. Uh, uh, so-and-so was. Who was the GM? Was Marty the GM? Marty was the GM. He said, Marty wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, man. He's, I said, I'm getting cut, huh? And he was like, no, it's, he said, and, and he said, Luther, it's, it's going to be good. He said, you, you'll be happy. We, you know, we found something for you. I can't, I'm going to let Marty talk to you. And I knew I was gone. And some of the guys knew I was gone. Cause yeah, that's kind of what they do. They want the message to come from the guy up top. And right. that's kind of what happened when I, when I, even when I got, was getting cut from Philly, I remember Juan Castillo called me and he said he, he didn't, he couldn't tell me, but you know, just come straight to the office. But anyways, so so I gave some guys a hug because they knew it was the last day. And Moose in, I remember Moose was the first one that came over, gave mm-hmm. me a big hug. And he, he was like, man, you got my number. Give me a call. Let me know where you land, man. You right. know, I hate it for you. know, it was a bunch of guys. I, bunch I, of guys. I got a, you know, I got along. I'm not like, I get along, guys. I have fun. So, um, so I get in. And he kind of whispered, he kind of told me that where I was going. He said, when I got on the card, he said, you'll be fine. You're going back back home, so to speak. And I I was like, Philly? 
And uh, he kind of smiled. And when I got in there, he yeah. said, get yourself together. Because he saw I was, you know, flustered. Dude, I had just bought a house here. And, yeah, um, I remember we talked uh, about this. What's funny is I had a friend, a female friend who we were kind of whatever. She yeah. came to visit me. <laughs> she came to visit me, dude. And I got traded in the middle of her visit. She Oof. thought I was. She thought I was like <laughs> dissing her. She thought I was being a dick. <laughs> he thought, she thought like, you were full of shit. She thought you were dude, just because <laughs> I showed up in the middle of the day when I was supposed to be at practice. Uh-huh. So let's let's say practice started at I don't know nine, right? Right. I'm not gonna be back home until at least three thirty because it's an all day sucker. You know, yeah. and I, I show back up at like 10, 11 and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, sorry, I, I got to leave. And she's like, you're packing. And I was like, no, I, I, I'm serious. I said, I got traded and they're flying me out tonight. And her, the, the look on her face was like, are you kidding me? Right. I, I'm still friends with her to this day and we laugh about it still. And she's like, are you kidding me? And she thought I was lying. I said, you know what? Turn the ESPN. It's it's cut down day. I said, I bet the bottom line will have all the information. And we watched for like three minutes and it popped up. The Eagles traded for Luther Broughton, back for Luther Broughton today. <laughs> and great. she was like, you got to be kidding me. I said, yeah, I got to go. There's the, there's the scroll, was, baby. Look at the scroll. Believe me. Believe, believe me now. Me. It's right there in, on ESPN. <laughs> I felt horrible. But yeah. my, brother, my brother was at Johnson C. Smith at the time. And he lived with me, and I said, you'll be fine. I I said, you know, your flight is tomorrow. We can try to get it changed, but I really have to go. I had to go to Philly, take a physical. I couldn't tell them I can't go because, you know, my friend is here. And I I made sure my brother, like, took her her to the airport and stuff. And then it was raining so bad, her flight got canceled. And she said, she told me, like, eight years later, she's like, dude, I broke down and cried in the airport because my day was so horrible. She said, I finally got to the airport and all the flights were canceled. Oh, So I'm like out of town visiting some man who dips on me. (laughs) And God, I felt so bad, dude. But um, yeah, that's the long story short. (laughs) That's That's how I left. And went back to Philly. It wasn't. It was yeah. good. It wasn't a bad thing. No, you no. Know, they, they were good. And uh, and even like in Philly, when it was the end again, I'm not Donovan McNabb. I'm not some star. And they had you, you know they call you in and talk to you. You know it's like hey look, yeah. we're gonna move in a different direction. But you know most of the times they're like Luther, you got my number. Call me if you need anything. Call me if I need to talk to someone. Now, if I was an asshole, they probably would have been like, yeah, we're cutting you. Don't call me if you need anything. (laughs) It's a two-way street, of course. Right. Even at the end, Andy was like, hey, if you need some help, you know, if you want to coach or if you're doing something, you know, in the area, one of the high schools or whatever, just, just, you know, call or you know, I yeah. can put out some calls. I, so, I talked to you about, about Andy several times and others too. And he's just nothing but class. Now, that gets me to my next question here. You played 
if I'm not mistaken, Andy Reid's rookie season, right, 99 as a coach Correct. was the year you were there. And that's I want to get your perspective, too, because we've got a similar situation in Carolina now, albeit it's more of a college-centric staff. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Reid's staff, you can go over some of the names in a minute, but there's an all-star staff that uh, ended mm-hmm. up translating to the pros here, plus Ray Rhodes' staff also that was a holdover there from your early time in Philly. But Correct. We're just talk, yeah, Ron Rivera, uh, McDermott, some of those guys that were with uh, Andy oh, as yeah. well. But yeah. uh, I want to get your impression on what that's like coming into a camp with a new head coach. Obviously, apples and oranges, Andy Reid, Matt Rule, but still, you got a new head coach. It's his first time. What what was that like for you as a player, as a veteran? Uh, well, it was for me. It was no different because you know I I looked at myself as 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 just a guy, as as a new guy, a rookie. I'm you know I'm no better than anyone else. I I need to I need to be right, be ready. It didn't it didn't even matter who the coach was, right? Mm-hmm, but right. but keep this in mind. I didn't get there at the beginning of training camp. I got there. Remember, I got traded like the last week, the, the week of cut down, the cut down right. day. And I get there and guys were like, uh, you're lucky. And I'm like, why? They're like, this was the most brutal training camp I've ever had in my life. And we got mm-hmm. like 10 year guys saying that because yeah. Andy was a new coach taking over a new team and he needed to. And it needed to, we needed some changes. And those guys are like, it was miserable, but, but, but he saw who, who he needed to see and who was going to be on the team and all that stuff. And um, so it, it, for me, I, I saw it from a little bit different perspective, but it was right. still like, you got a new staff, a, a coach who's a new head coach who hadn't been a head coach before, but you could just see the preparation and the sharpness of mm-hmm. Andy from day one, you know, it's sharp and people are listening, you know, with it, you, you know how you're on a team and some yeah. guys are like, you can just kind of hear and feel the grumbling. Like you can, this guy you can feel has it has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I've seen it. And that wasn't the case with Andy. It was like uh boom, 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 man. They loved him. Hey guys, you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code ROAR or deal-dash.fm slash roar. That's deal-dash.fm slash roar. Right. Yeah. No, you, the Andy stories are, are legendary among his, his former and current players, and your stories have been great about him over the years. And I want to get your thoughts, too, on the sort of the dichotomy between that situation and then, you know, we talked about this before, Carolina, where you wrapped up your career and. George Seifert, and you know, again, we don't want to shit on the guy all day here, but there was a definite disconnect between George Seifert and his players that year in 2001. And you talk about the difference between a, 
an Andy Reid system where things are, you know, really rolling by the time you get around to 2000. Do you have, do you have regrets about how that ended? Do you wish it would have ended in Philly? Do you, do you look back and regret that? Or is that something that just, it plays out that way? Is something you can do? Listen, it, it plays out that way. And I always try to, to tell myself, like, learn from situations. Like what's the point of having all this regret? However, I, I came back and played for George Seifert. It was the experience wasn't that great, but I I met people. I met people who I still have relationships with, right? Mm-hmm, but I right. really wish that I could have stayed in Philly, had more years in Philly, right? With that staff, uh, and hell, we we well, both teams ended up going to the Super Bowl like back to back years, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yes. But but yeah, I I. I missed that team. Like, we were so close. I knew, I knew we were going to win. I, I yeah. knew we were going to be good, right? That you're, talking team about the was, you're talking about 2000 in Philly? 2000 in Philly. 2000 yeah. in Philly. That I was knew. a great team. That, By the way, that I know John Fox had y'all's number. That was a real pisser because oh, he, uh, gosh, the Giants Fox. and his Foxy's defense in particular, man, was straight hand and Armstead, uh, those guys, man. It was. I, I went back and I watched uh, that playoff game. I know you were you had some action in that game. You played in that game, but man, that uh, that hurts, man. Injuries. I know that. I know that kills you looking back at that dude. Dude, it was man. Foxy beat us. They beat us like it was like nine straight. Yeah, it was. I remember at the time, I, as, you know, I was in high school, I think, at the time, or just out of high school. And, uh, you know, I kept, I actually kept telling myself as a Panthers fan then, you know, this Fox guy would be a nice head coach one day if Seifer doesn't pan out. And it did pan out because, man, he had, he had McNabb's number. And, it, you know, again, some of it's coaching and some of it's personnel. You know, a lot of it is the players. And most of it is right. the players. You know, what, what the Giants presented. Uh, you know, they had Sean Payton on that staff, too, which presented some challenges on the defensive side for Do the Eagles. Do you but, know Sean Payton was on the Eagles staff when I was a rookie, right? Yeah, I know. That, and I want, you, I want to talk about that for a minute. That, that staff, I look back at that, and you had guys like, was Callahan on that staff, too? And Bill uh, was on that staff. God, Ron Rivera. Rudy. and Jeez. Uh, was Ron on that staff? I think yeah, Ron no, came, no, no, no. Ron came back. Ron came when Andy came. Ron, Ron came, came with Andy. With yeah, Andy. I get those yeah, two yeah. staffs, but I know Sean was there back in 98. Came, Sean came when I went back. No, no, no. Sean came when my – yeah, when I went back to Philly yeah. with Andy, Sean came. And, and, your, yeah. and your good friend John Gruden, too, who we've talked about before. <laughs> Gruden was there. Uh, he was the OC, right? David Shaw. David God. Shaw and, uh, and 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 Sean were there when I was a rookie. Uh, Les, Leslie Frazier. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, Les- uh, you, you forgot Chili. Chili was on Andy Stafford. Brad Childress, uh, right? right. Yeah. And then uh, John uh, Harbaugh, right? Harbs was on that staff. You know who else was on that staff? Pat, Pat uh, Shermer was my tight ends coach. Pat Shermer, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. legendary. Oh, oh, Those Spags. That, Spags was on that staff. Spagnola, right? Who just won the Super Bowl <laughs> with Kansas City there? Yep. Yeah. And with uh, the Giants' defense. So. Yeah, he's the he's the Brady killer. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a hell of a staff. What's what? what you talked about sick. Juan Castillo was kind of your guy, though. I mean, what, talk about how important it is for these young guys right now in camp to mess with these position coaches. I mean, you talk about Matt Rule all day. Those guys are the CEOs of the program. 
Talk about these position coaches, particularly, you know, in the trenches, how important that is to get right with those guys. It's so important to get right with those guys because those are your coaches. So, so put it like this. Each of those uh, position coaches, most of them, could very well be a college head coach right now. Not saying that college head coaches aren't, aren't great, but there are more opportunities. So I can't say each of them can be an NFL coach. There's only 30 jobs. Each of them probably can be a, a college head coach like right now within a few years, right? So those guys are really good, and they're, they're, the, the, they're a direct link to the head coach and to yeah. the, the scouting and the GM. So you, you got to be right with those guys because those guys are the head coach of your position. Right. Yeah. That's whether it. you're in agreement or not, whether things are going great or not, that's that's the guy who's the link to the head coach, and and, and it's important to because if you have a good position coach, like some guys can get lucky and, and and have a position coach who's like two steps away from a head coach, and you don't right. realize how good you got it. Yeah. And um, so yeah, it's super important. Like rule, like it's super important. Even if you hire a head coach who's not so great, you don't have to be a great at X's and O's. If your position coaches are, you can just yeah. CEO that thing. Do you have a general feeling on this question here? And I'm, I'm talking about Carolina's staff in terms of NFL experience. And some of the assistants, Pat Meyer comes to mind, the offensive line coach, has a ton of experience in the NFL. But the three main guys – Matt Rule, who spent one year in New York, uh, the Giants. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Brady, who spent a little bit of time with Sean Payton as an offensive assistant. And then Phil Snow, who's never called a play. None of these guys have called a play, one play, in the NFL level. Does that concern you at all, or is that a little bit overblown? So so here's here's what I say about that. And, and, and if someone asked me before, it, it makes you wary as a fan, of course. But you know a lot of us fans, we don't know Jack. We think we do, right? right? You know what you do in this situation, John? You give them a chance to screw up. Yeah, You exactly. don't know. You know maybe the guys that are the team are wary, but they can't be wary until two, three weeks from now where you go, good God, Phil doesn't know what he's talking about. Phil <laughs> hasn't a clue. You know what I'm saying? If right, the guy right. who's out there is at home talking to the other linebacker or calling Luke Keekley saying, bro, I'm happy you're not here, dude. Phil has no idea what he's talking about. This yeah. is going to be a disaster, right? Right. But guess what? We had a we had a DC last year who was in an NFL, was an NFL guy, and it didn't work out. Didn't did work it? out. No. So, right. So so can, can can you give the guy a chance? first Can yeah. you, that, and that's what i keep saying let him fail first at least let him fail first you ever been on a staff where a coordinator felt and don't mention any names i don't want to get you in trouble where a coordinator felt overmatched did, does that exist does that ever do you feel like is that a myth or is that something where a coordinator calling plays really does get overmatched uh, by his? you you can you you can see that where where you're going against someone who is just better than the guy who's outwitting him a lot, uh, you'll see that. Or you'll see that when you have an offensive coordinator getting undercut by his head coach. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've seen yeah. situations like that happen. Uh, like, One in uh, Carolina, I think we've talked about. <laughs> oh, well, in Carolina, like, he used to do that all the time. George, but, uh, yeah, he would shout out. There. You, you mentioned the story last time. Where, oh, man. It's one of your we games in 01 where he, he had to wear a headset, by the way, which I never liked because that's a communication issue, but whatever. Right. Um, and he's overriding, I think it was uh, Gil Haskell. Gil, he said at Gil the time Haskell. With, yeah, dude. He would, dude. We we had a. I know we talked about this. We had a, a personnel on the field, and he called a play that just didn't work from that personnel. And it's was like, it Haskell dude, or we, Richard Williamson? Who? Which one was it? Was it Williamson? No, it or? wasn't. It wasn't. Rich. Was it Haskell? Rich was the, Rich was the receivers coach. Okay, Haskell right. was the head. Was the OC? OC but George yeah. would just over. Dude, we'd have ten seconds left on the play call, and he'd override. The play, just, and we're yeah. sitting there like he's an yes. e, e personnel <laughs> in the game. That's a that's a two tight end call, you and can. we're all <laughs> looking at the sideline and the quarterback Ugh. just f bomb and like Burline would just Ugh. be like, oh god. Actually, Burline Burline wasn't here. The quarterbacks would be like, come on, but you know, oh, yeah. you could no. have that situation. But yeah, you can get over when you have a. Uh, when you you have a rookie uh, coordinator going against a Bill Belichick coach type situation, right, that right. could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's you know Belichick had problems with with Newton and and Ron Rivera, and one thing that Ron had both of those times, if I if I'm not mistaken, uh, 2017 he had Steve Wilkes as his coordinator who had a ton of experience, and then Sean McDermott uh, was the uh, was the defensive coordinator back in 13. And then the OC was Mike Shula both times. Again, people crap on Mike Shula a lot, but I kind of defend Shula a lot of times. You know, that, it takes a lot to match wits with Belichick, and that's not only from Newton's Dude, it perspective. It takes a lot to match wits and with Belichick. That, I think that's a uh, freaking genius, it, man. It's a player's league, man. I've always maintained that, but the coaching is where you win in the margins. Can you say that again? Can you say <laughs> it's that a, one more time? It's a, it's a player's league. It's not an owner's league. Hey, look, you watch that documentary about the Jordan. I, I look at so sure. many parallels between what the Panthers are trying to do now with Newton and all these veterans and what, uh, you know, to a, to a larger extent, what the Bulls did with their dynasty. Now, Carolina had no dynasty or they only made the playoffs a few times, but they had a core group there that was outstanding and they got older. But some of these guys could have still played and, and hung around um, moving forward here. You know, we, we let's just kind of get your quick five second, you know, buy or sell on these guys for the Panthers as we wrap up here coming into this year. Teddy Bridgewater, what do you think? Uh, I don't know, man. I um, okay. I'm sorry, my wife just texted me. Um, <laughs> do I that know, first. Man. So here's where I am with Teddy. Right? Teddy looked good last year in the what six games he started. Yeah, I believe it was. Uh, he started five. He was playing in six total, I think. Right. Now, he had a really good team behind him, right? Yeah, uh, he did. They didn't ask Teddy to do a lot, but Teddy has overcome a lot, right? Yeah. And, and, and you want to give the guy a chance, just like I just mentioned before with the coaches. Right. You want to give a guy a chance. I know people are upset with how unceremoniously Cam was ushered out here. But, but you want to give the guy who's here a chance. I don't know how high I am on Teddy. There's, there's just not a lot of action out there. Yeah, there's you know? not. 
so you're right. There's not a lot of tape either. I mean, the only only tape we had was from last year, and that was like you said, he was protected by you know an offensive line that was outstanding, and then a defense that played lights out. So it's hard to really gauge on on Teddy how efficient he'll be in this offense yet. But uh, we'll see. Like you said, give him a chance at least. What what do you think about the? You know, they re-signed McCaffrey. We all know he's outstanding. These receivers, uh, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and I'll get you out of this one. These, these two guys, what, what do you what do you feel like they can do for this offense? I, I'm a huge DJ Moore fan. Uh, I think he can correct the fumbling issue. If yeah. he doesn't, I want to kick him in the nads. Because he's yeah. so tough, dude. He, he's Isn't bigger he? Than, than he looks. Like, Isn't well, he? Yeah, I'm he glad you big. He's, yeah, he's, than he's he a bowling looks. ball, right? He's tough, fast, and I hate comparing him to this guy. We do it all the time, but he reminds me of Steve on. Oh yeah, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, I call him Steve on. He's like, so, you're calling me by my by, by my government. He just looks at me, and Steve was <laughs> big. You better be careful He's, with that, <laughs> right? Steve is short. Steve isn't little. Steve yeah. was big, man. Steve was Jack. Oh, yes, tough, he was. He was thick, fast. boy. And mean. Steve he was, was thick and mean. mean. Yeah. He wanted to punch you in the uh, I shouldn't say that because he had some. <laughs> oh, but Steve wanted to punch you on the field. Yeah. Like no he, doubt. he wanted to smash you. And that's the type of stuff you get from a linebacker, right? Yeah, he man. played like a linebacker, but ran routes and caught the ball like a like a like a finesse guy, which he wasn't. Uh, I think DJ can correct his fumbling issues, and we can we can see what he can do. Curtis, he's extremely talented. Uh, they did a lot of gimmick stuff with him, but it's like when you see that that much juice in a guy, uh, you know there's something there, and you wonder if if we had just uh, run a few more, a little bit more conventional stuff with him, and he stayed healthy, what you could see. So I think this yeah. is an important year for him to stay healthy. I think DJ's a star. Uh, I, I do too. I, just, I think DJ's a star, man. Uh, yeah, I think it's you know you've you've played the game and you know the fundamentals of the game as well as anybody. And I think a lot of people knocked him on his route running early on, and there's some credibility to that. But I think looking back at the tape last year, he's cleaned that up and he's he's sharpened that up quite a bit. And that takes time, as you know, coming out. Dude, that you know, playing, takes time, especially if you're a guy who's like extremely athletic and kind of just better than guys yeah. in college, you can get away with that. You right. can't get away with that in this league. And if you're a worker, you can fix that. Some guys just yeah. aren't workers and they're not going to fix it. They're going to continue to rely on their athleticism. And that's last not question for work. you. Last question. The hardest worker you ever played with Eagles or Panthers doesn't matter. Who was it? I don't. I, I don't. I don't even know if I could answer that. We had guys. Who's worked. a guy you looked up? To? Who's a guy you looked up to? It's uh, like okay, this is the model. This is the standard. So let me see. My who was on my rookie year? I was in Philly. Who was on? I was kind of. Uh, I can't even. God, I'm getting old. <laughs> oh, I, I I can tell I can tell you what. My, Blame it all. We're both we're both such old farts, man. I'm the same way. <laughs> like what the I, hell I, happened I mean, twenty years ago? I can't fucking remember. <laughs> right, right. We had a ton of guys, but I'll put a guy who played the position I played. Wesley. Wesley, Wesley Walls, man. 
because yeah. Wes, Wesley Wesley would tell you he would always he would always say, Luke, I can't have you taking my job. Because he was like, man, you are big and quick and fast. And I said, Wes, you're always open. And he laughed, right? And he would always tell me. He said, dude, I play 100% all the time. I'm always full speed. You can't cover me all the time. I'm always full speed all the time. And, you know, he'd be in there getting workouts in and, and and I say that there are more hardworking guys, but I say that because this is the guy I was with all the time. Absolutely. In, in meetings, watching film, watching reps, and he worked hard, man. But that, but other guys worked extremely hard. But I'll say Wesley was a guy, and then you you go in Philly, and I I remember uh, Dawkins was a guy, Hugh Douglas was a guy too. Yeah. Like that Hugh team Douglas was, was a loaded guy. with yeah. loaded with quality veterans, man. That team. But was you just... had guys that, yeah, they worked, man. You, but guys who were stars, and you, you realize that they had to work hard. And it's like, yeah. why is he always in here extra? He's good, but then he's good because he's in here extra. Yeah, people will right, talk about right. Michael all the time about how much harder Michael worked than everyone else. Yep. And it's like, and I used to think, why is Michael working so hard? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And you hear, you hear the Kobe stories as well. Why is Michael working so hard? And it's because that's what you have to do, man. That's it. Once yep. you're, uh, when the, the, the heavy is the head that wears the crown, as you know. And uh, Heavy is the head that to, wears the crown. When buddy. these guys get to the top, uh, the great ones push it to a next uh the next gear there. Luther Broughton's been our guest today, former Carolina Panther, former Eagle, right here on the Roar Podcast on Blue Wire. Luther, thanks for making time, man. This was fun. Of course, man. Anytime. You have a great one. You too, buddy. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available. 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like to be playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24 7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.